0: History is littered with people who've
2: had prophetic dreams or seen things in their dreams and then acted on them and changed the course of human history. From scientists seeing the genetic code or the periodic table, because you enter into the quantum field when you're asleep. And that's what the Dream Art teaches us, to remember those skills of navigating these realms and be able to integrate what happens in the dream, what we see in the dream, with our everyday life. So it's a synthesizing pantheon that allows us to interact with our dream symbols in the form of animals. You can really have massive revelations that you can then bring back into your waking life. A lucid dreamer, that people that can stay awake while they transition through the layers, their dream life is as powerful as the waking life. Think about all this, like, this, this is our technology. I mean, we're all kind of obsessed with technology out there. And I tell you, the real technology is inside us. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution.
3: I'm your humble host, Amrish Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love this podcast is sponsored by enthusiasm for life by great creation itself to keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself do us a solid subscribe to the inspired evolution podcast on youtube the home of the inspired evolution podcast now sit back relax open your mind open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired keep evolving we, Richard Brad goes all the way in on our collective subconscious and our dreaming states. If you've ever wondered about what your dream states and all the different brain signature frequencies are doing in those various states from not just a scientific level, but actually symbolism, which is a much more open platform for us to analyse our dreams and connect with them and actually work with our dreams, envisioning for what's coming in the future and also processing some of our fears, the dream arc. This is an incredible conversation about this body of work that is being birthed alongside the Gene Keys right now. I feel so honored and so gifted to be able to share this conversation with you guys. Richard goes all the way in on discussing why dream is so important at this time in our collective evolution, where we've currently been, and the anxieties and the stresses and the planetary crises we currently have in the world, and also for the future of humanity and the reality that's coming and everything that's being created, and why dream and imagination is so important. But fundamentally, it's all about going in to connect with your deeper self, your inner self, and your inner dreams and dream state, using this less on a numerical-based reality, which is what capitalism is built upon, but more symbolism as a spiritual reality. Somewhat shamanistic, but actually he dives deep into explaining why. That is not entirely the whole story. The story goes way deeper than even that. We touch on things like Indigenous, Australian, Dreamtime, story weaving, also Carl Jungian, Collective Id, Dreaming and Symbology, and we even touch on what Richard's thoughts are on artificial intelligence and potentially what artificial intelligence will be competent at in supporting us and potentially what it won't be competent at supporting us with, hint, hint, Dreaming. (coughs) Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution and we have with us today none other than Richard Rudd. Richard, how are you there?
2: Uh, Very happy to be here, back with you again Amrit, I love uh, chatting to you.
3: Oh, my God. It is more than mutual, I would go as far as saying, Richard. Um, Thank you so much for doing this again. A second time round. for those that are tuning into Richard for the first time, we have done another episode with Richard before on the art of contemplation, which humbly, in my opinion, is like a master key to the jinkies. Can I say that? I'm not sure I'm allowed to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and say that. Um, I do have to do the honours, and I'm not really sure how to do the honours, Richard. Maybe you can help me along, because Richard Rudd, I, would, I was going to say the founder of the Gene Keys, and then I was like, maybe he's the downloader of the Gene Keys. He's currently the enlightener of the Gene Keys. <laughs> I was like, Richard Rudd, channeler of the jinkies.
2: Keys. <laughs> Definitely not that one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you downloaded them. You founded the body of work that we're currently sort of immersed in. How would you, yeah, I'm sure it changes day to day how you sort of perceive it. What would you perceive it as today?
2: Well, I think founders sort of covers it quite nicely, and uh, people have different ways of uh, understanding these things. I mean, the simplest way I could just say, well, I'm the author, the founder, the writer. You know, um, you could say it's like a download, but uh, in in the sense that um, it kind of it it has a sort of completion to it, like a like a symphony. So it's uh, it kind of. But then any good work of art, I think, has that same quality. Um, so hopefully it is falls into that category. Um, I think it's quite a powerful system. And anyway. I would wholeheartedly agree.
3: As you're sharing, I'm tempted to call you the Dollar of the jinkies,
2: actually. Yeah, I think actually in the last few months, we've um, passed now 100,000 books sold. So the book itself has, has been, um, you know, it's lovely to think it's in lots of people's hands and they're uh, hopefully voyaging with it.
3: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to start off today's conversation with, we discussed deeply the art of contemplation last time. And where are your contemplations currently leading you in life at the moment? I think might be a nice curious point yeah. to start.
2: well, thank you. Um, well, currently, as I said to you, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I create a lot of programs and I'm writing a lot of books and things all the time and um, and sort of running the Gene Keys operation as well from the UK. But we're, we're very global. So we, there's a lot going on all the time, um, quite apart from just being a family man as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at the, so at the moment i'm you know i try and make sure that i'm in at least one of my own programs uh, so that i i really get the immersion from the other end you know even though i've co-created a lot of my, all these programs you know actually doing them is feels like a very important thing to me so the biggest new program that we've created in the last few years is called the dream Arc. and so i am in that program and i've been in that program now for over a year um it's a big program and it's um you know, so I, I, I feel like that's the one I'm that's most up on the tip of my tongue, um, because it's 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 alive for me. So other than contemplating multitude of things that come in and out and swim in and, in and out of my being, uh that's my personal focus working with that program. And as you know, we're about to launch um our first virtual retreat in it. And so that's another um that's why it's even more up for me.
3: <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about the dream arc because um looking from the outside in it looks a bit shamanistic. <laughs> Is that a sense Yeah, no well, to it might.
2: It? Yeah, no it might look like that. It's not a shamanistic um system in a, uh, although I can see why one might think that. It's um it's it's a new version of the Gene Keys. Um, that's just filtered through a different lens. And the Gene Keys, as you know, is a big transformational tool. Um, and the dreamark ha- basically converts the same language. You know, the G- DreamMark is a big language, the language of consciousness. And, you know, so as we learn to navigate that language, then we learn to create our own transformational journey, which is the journey we're on anyway. But it gives us a, a lot of... Inspiration and food for thought as we kind of move through our lives, so it can help us in lots of different ways. The Gene Keys, and so the DreamMark is a is an aspect of the Gene Keys that has grown and is growing in its own direction, like a big. It's like um, part of the initial transmission, but it's its own thing. So it's it's a, almost a sister brand, is what we call it. And it's much newer than the Gene Keys, so it's different, um, and it's growing with its own community. And we've set it up as as its own business and as its so with its own, you know, um, outlets and stuff. So it's very new and very exciting. There's about, I believe, about fifteen hundred people in the program already, including me. And so it it is a you know as it suggests, it's about dreams, dreaming. And navigating the different layers of consciousness between waking and sleeping, so it has a lot. It's it's more magical in a way, overtly magical, and than the gene keys. Um, And I I say that word carefully. Um, It it's a it's a set of tools that it converts all the gene keys into basically animals, (laughs) creatures, dream creatures, dream symbols. Um, So in that sense, it does. It shares a lot with different shamanic systems, but it it, it doesn't have any sing- affiliation to any particular lineage. Mm-hmm. So it's a synthesizing um, kind of pantheon that allows us to interact with our dream symbols in the form of animals um, and creatures. You know, so you have these different layers uh, in the technology because it's it's like a technology. So we start to work with it, and we start to work with the subtle realms these other dimensions where we dream and where we you know between dream dreaming and waking and dreamless sleep and and the consciousness of awakening and and the different various layers and modalities of you know consciousness itself so it's a very um rich field um, and it's universal it's global so the creatures as i said are not limited to any particular pantheon so in the dream art you might meet you know a kangaroo um if you you know but you may not live in australia <laughs> you know where, they, where kangaroos come from or you might meet a condor um either in your dream or through uh, a journey a, a kind of visual journey a visualization journey you go on and then each of those creatures whatever it is it has a lineage behind it so it's a portal into a whole lineage and set of teachings as well as being a symbol itself for something in our psyche. So it's a, it's, a, it's a system of interpreting and deciphering and decoding dream symbols. So it's all about working with the right brain, uh, which is a very underdeveloped part of our being generally because we live in such a left brain world. So I don't know if we want to talk more about that, but it's, that's a real key about the dream arc
3: i did really want to go down that rabbit hole actually which is why now you know um because it'd be interesting as these systems come to birth um yeah the inspiration the energy the invitation the force that drives them into being or invites them into being or allows them into being i'm not sure what the right terminology is um yeah why do you think now you mentioned loosely um given that we're very left brain at the moment, is that, yeah.
2: Well, if you think about our society, you know, um, it's all numbers. Um, Everything is numbers and codes. And, you know, we live by numbers. You know, our, our, our time is numbered. So we get up at a certain time. We have things that we do at a certain time. We create lists, diaries, you know, we everything is kind of numbered in terms of we live in this. That's a left brain structured way of living. If you go to a more um, indigenous community, you know, the the further you go away from what we call civilization, the more you see them living in a right brain world. Is so they do, they just wake up with the sun? Um, they they go about their daily business and then they go back to sleep before the light kind of fades. And, and so there is no numbering in that. There's just the harmonics of the earth and the different ways in which Gaia interacts with us. And, um, and so that's, a, that's, a, that's the kind of other end. So what we've lost in our modern living are these very simple, harmonious, flowing, easeful ways of living closer to the earth and the rhythms of the earth and the creatures of the earth. And also our dreaming, our dreaming space is kind of pays a price there as well, because the, in order for our dream, the soil of our dreams to be really rich, we need to, we need to have had a certain amount of restfulness and flow in our day and without stress and anxiety. Otherwise, when we go into our dreams, our dreams spend most of their time processing our stress from the day. If we haven't had a stressful day, then our dreams are very rich, you know, and they communicate other dimensions, start awakening in us. And we actually, our dream state then becomes, um, very fertile, you know? And so we, we actually, when we awaken, we remember our dreams and we even meet other dimensions and beings in our dream life, um, and so that, you know, that's what the Dreamark's about. It's about bringing back that awareness of flow and the harmonics of creation to help us live in a more magical, easy, restful way. It's a big ask for people in modern worlds with all our technology stuff. And, and one of the, the key aspects of the DreamArc, and it's one of the ironies, is we present it as an online program but it's designed to get you offline. As much (laughs) as possible. Yeah, so it's designed to actually, so constantly it's full of invitations that you choose intuitively. So you don't know what you're choosing. It's all based on symbols. So you're choosing symbols. You don't know what they mean. You just say there's a page of symbols, like maybe 10 symbols. So follow one of these, whichever one you're most drawn to. And you follow that symbol and it leads somewhere and then it opens up an invitation. That invitation usually takes you offline. (laughs) So it might say, your invitation this week is to prepare and cook a meal for a group of your friends you know and and you've picked that invitation so it's like you should stand by it like you didn't know but some deep part of your intuition did that and you may never have cooked so you then have a great challenge to like oh god okay how am i going to arrange this and and how am i going to even you know come to this and then (laughs) Or it might be go on a journey or it might be visit a body of water or it might be do a dream technique or it might be take a day off for pausing and go, you know, and then it gives you a structure. Lots of there's so many little doorways and portals in in, in a gamified way that encourage you to do things that you wouldn't normally do. (laughs) And that's what the dream DreamWorks is full of surprises. And you work with these different creatures, whichever creatures come to you, they come to you in a specific order. As I said, it's a man, it's a magical system. So you begin by creating, you begin by understanding the landscape, you know. So you've got to understand the landscape of how dreaming operates, how waking consciousness operates. So there's a lot in the beginning of the program. There's a lot of, um, that's the only part where there's information for you to learn. Like, there's, but it's really interesting. There's videos by me talking about the different dream layers and how to navigate them and the brain frequencies and how they operate. And there's a lot of information um, about, um, you know, uh, the animals themselves and the, kind of what they really relate to inside us and how to navigate the whole, the whole program the whole, you know, what it's going to do for you. So there's a lot up front where you just learn a little bit and and then you can begin the process and you begin the process by have, by creating a ritual, you know, as any, sh- you know, it, as any kind of shaman or, you know, dream being will go off on a journey or a vision quest, you create a ritual in your life and you call in a guardian to protect you throughout that journey. And that journey may last you like for me, My guardian that I chose that was a year ago was a crocodile. Um, I didn't choose the crocodile. The crocodile kind of chose me actually, (laughs) uh, because I know there's a. I told the story before. Like I, I, I went on a journey. It was during the pandemic. um, Well, I had COVID at the time, and I'd been force stopped (laughs) because I was on a tour in the US. COVID caught me. And then I was, but I went. I happened to land in the most beautiful of places at a friend's at a friend's um, kind of ranch up in the hills of Santa Barbara. And there I was. And I diagnosed with COVID," and I said, "I'm going to have to stay here for like a week or eight days." And he said, "No problem. I'll give you a beautiful caravan on the canyon here. You can be on your own. We'll bring you food. Just you know, you're on retreat." <laughs> and I had, so I had that time. And it's and, and just a, a really beautifully enforced pause, like many of us had that experience. I don't, I don't know how many of us had such a beautiful location as I did <laughs> and, and food brought to me and all of that. And, and anyway, in that on, on about the sixth day, I decided to do my ritual and choose my guardian of the dream arc. Um, and so I went off on a walk and I said, I'm going to when I by the time I'm back from this walk into these hills, I'm going to know my guardian. Anyway, so I, I walked for you know I know it was kind of weak because I'd had the th- you know I'd had the pan- the COVID and um, and so I was recovering. Um, anyway, I made it you know into the hills and then I was like I couldn't go any further. I just thought this is as far as I can manage. I was kind of tired and I looked down at the ground and there was this beautiful old tree stump. And I just sort of picked it up and I was handling it and I and I was holding it. It was like a bit bit of old beautiful wood. And, and then I looked at it, I haven't got it with me, it's, it's in my office, but it, um, it looks exactly like a crocodile. I mean, exactly, it's even. It's like the skin of a crocodile, it's the shape of a crocodile's head, you can see the eye, and I was like, oh my God, it's a crocodile. Anyway, that was how I kind of thought, that's gonna be my guardian. <laughs> and so I came back with the crocodile. And anyway, that's an example of a magical encounter that you set up, but you kind of set it up without really knowing what's gonna happen. <laughs> um, And then it happens anyway. And then you set off on this journey. And the crocodile, you know, you can also read that if you're interested in gene keys. Every creature has a a relationship within the gene keys. So crocodile, for instance, relates to the 60th gene key, which is about justice. You know, the jaws of fate, (laughs) the crocodile. You know, and and it's so it's um, it really sets my journey, it's set my journey over the last year and I've had to deal with some intense situations where that energy has been in the background, protecting me in many ways, um, from difficulties that have come. And so, yeah, it's whatever you choose. Like my friend, Sally, she chose a lamb. You might think, wow, that's not much of a guardian, but actually what is a greater guardian than the energy of tenderness, (laughs) you know? So every creature has a has some means something inside us so it's an incredible journey to go on I, it's it's almost too big to describe all i can do is give you little fragments of mine and maybe it will fire something in you but yeah i mean some really great stuff going on this week for me but i can get into that a bit later
3: <laughs> yeah i um i'd love to hear what's going on for you this week the the interesting thing, and I, before we dive into the animals, I think I'd love to learn more about the dream layers as well, um, because I think that would satisfy some of our left brain logic, which is difficult to escape, as you can tell. <laughs> but I'm also learning as you're sharing that potentially, like you said, the world is very numbers built, especially in a capitalistic society where everything is, you know, consumed based on numbers, dollars, quarterly returns, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, shareholders. Um, But this is more symbology-oriented, it seems. Um, Yeah, and what's present for me as you're sharing actually is, and I'm by no means an expert on Indigenous Australia, but I love the Indigenous community here. And I use the word Indigenous intentionally because, yeah, there are some challenges with using the word Aboriginal because it also means non-original when really they are the originals. Um, But, yeah, for those, just to provide context, what, Is commonly known as the Aboriginals, but pardon me for using that terminology. Um, Yeah, that really interesting piece of wisdom that I picked up on my way was when, back when they used to have, it was just them, you know, and their relationship with the land and the dreaming, because there's a dream time here in Australia, which is natural to their culture. It's a massive part of their culture, massive part of their spirituality. And the way I had it described to me was they would actually go to sleep, dream, and then you mentioned the word ritual, they would wake up and every morning like they'd they'd share their and they'd you know whatever they broke bread, I'm sure it probably wasn't bread, but they had their breakfast, and as they were, there was this ritual before the day started um where they would share their dream with each other. And they would almost oracle out and foretell what was happening for the tribe and the community through their dreams. And the way it was sort of explained to me was actually the dreams were where everything was happening, and then they were integrating their dreams into the waking state, as opposed to what we currently have, which is the other way around, which is like we wake a lot and we process everything in our waking state. And we try our best to assimilate as much as we can while we sleep and just recharge to get back to the waking state whereas for them it was and like you said it's a completely different model potentially the dream mark but it's reminding me of this piece of wisdom quite deeply your reflections
2: on that yeah I think I think that's beautiful and uh, it's common in many indigenous cultures um, and I think as I said the key is if you are not living a stressful life you know if you are in a flowing life and you have you're able to not not that you kind of you know things come up of course they do but then it's how we deal with them we give them space this is why you know this contemplative way is so important dream an extension of our last talk you know where the art of contemplation is we have to create space so that dreams like you said can be integrated into our waking life and vice versa so that in time we are our awareness stays constant as we move from waking to dreaming, to sleeping, to, you know, to dreamless sleep and back through all those layers. And that's the idea. See, uh, a lucid dreamer, you know, and many of many people, you know, there are people, you know, who I know who are very lucid dreamers and or, or sometimes they're called dream walkers. They're people that can stay awake while they transition through the layers, and therefore, their dream life is as powerful as the waking life. It's not just a place where stuff is processed in the unconscious, as some modern neuroscience is sort of suggesting. It's, it's much more than that. And there's a lot of really interesting neuroscience about what happens in the brain when we're dreaming <laughs> and how, you know, contours of the brain are being, being opened up and used in neurocircuitry. And all it's really interesting. Um, there's some amazing research. But um, yeah, this technology that the indigenous people have always known about and used is completely available to us. And it does allow, you know, when we have that sense of flow in our everyday life, that sense of magic, then it does open up the dream realm to us. And in the dream realm, we can see much more. You know, we we know we see more of our true nature, you know, because our true nature is much more dissolved than the one we have here, you know, there's a, there's a tradition. This is like, um, there's an ancient tradition. I think it comes from Russia, uh, of people called dream hunters and dream hunters, are people who, um, track beings or dreams that move from person to person. So there are dreams that flow. Think about this. You're in Australia. I'm in the UK. We're on opposite sides of the world. We always had that joke about the you know, keep digging and you'll get to Australia. And you're probably <laughs> digging, you might come out somewhere <laughs> over this side. Um, but actually, when you're asleep, I'm awake usually. And when I'm awake, you're asleep. So if you think about that, like there are dreams and specific archetypes of dreams that are moving through the earth programming us, you know, there's always like half of us awake and half of us asleep.
1: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello
0: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And
2: so dreams move through the layers from, from one end of the globe to the other. And so there are certain dreams that actually move through human beings. They they, they migrate. And these dream hunters are people that track them um, and And what you learn from tracking a dream is you learn that we're all one being and that there's these different dreams that are dreaming through us. There are archetypes that are passing through the consciousness of the field. They come from the stellar field that's programming us, you know, as everything's moving around us, you know, this stellar field is programming us, you know, through the planets, through the stars, you know, specifically. And so we're all being programmed with the same attributes and archetypes more or less at the same time. The whole planet is responding to those themes, you know as we're because the whole thing's moving, so it's like the dreamer, the awake dreamer sees all this, knows all this, can specifically hunt certain dreams down and kind of is you know it, there's magic what you see is you see magic at work. You know, and when you see magic at work, it's it's a kind of awakening because you realize, wow, we live in a magical universe. And most of us don't, you know, we're just living, going about our everyday lives, dealing with the things around us and the material realm. And we don't realize there's this entire magical realm that is going on underneath the surface of everything. So the dream hunters and these dream walkers, they they are techniques and skills that can be learned and passed on and remembered. And that's what the dream art partly teaches. It teaches us to remember those skills of navigating these realms and be able to integrate what happens in the dream, what we see in the dream with our everyday life. So, for instance, you know, there's a set of dreams. I call them top shelf dreams and they happen. Yeah, top shelf. They're off the top shelf. They don't happen very often. You know, there are different layers of dreams. The, the, like the lower shelf dreams would be like you go to sleep, you had a hard day, and then your dream is just processing the, the things that happened today. So you're kind yeah, of you're doing you're, you're you're your day job in your sleep. <laughs> you're making a deadline. You're kind of, you're, you know, your worries are like it's a worry dream, it's an anxiety dream. That's a lower shelf. There's loads of them. You can reach them easily, they're common top shelf dreams there's middle as well and stuff but the top shelf dreams are rare because a top shelf dream you when you have one um, and they're going through us constantly but when you when when you are in a space where you remember one you immediately wake up in the middle of the night you wake up because the dream is powerful It's woken you up. The dream woke you up, right? You know those dreams. And it wakes you up and you feel like you're in an altered state and you remember the dream vividly and you're you're still sort of in it. And it's like, wow, what the hell was that? And and what it does as a top shelf team, it often gives you a glimpse of your future. It actually gives, it's showing you a perspective of the soul level. And so it's up to you if you go back to sleep and then you might forget it by morning, but like ideally you'd write something down when you have one of those dreams because you want to remember it. And in the morning you may not remember it so vividly. And, and so you want to remember it. And so that's one of the things we learned in the dream market is just simple things like you write, have a dream journal so that you can track every night, you know, when you have dreams and, but that habit creates pathways between waking and sleeping that helps us remember. So lots of people say, Oh, I don't remember my dreams. It's not true that, that, that everyone can remember their dreams. It's just very simple practices like this that we show you and actually open up the memory so that you can recall what happens, but those top shelf dreams, it's like they're inviting you to act on them in some way. And, and there's a, the history is littered with people who've had prophetic dreams or seen things in their dreams and then acted on them and changed the course of human history. There was loads and loads of examples of that happening in in sort of public figures. But, you know, from like scientists seeing the genetic code or the periodic table or those sort of things, because you enter into the quantum field when you're asleep and then you see things. You know, I'm, I'm going on now, but I've had dreams where occasionally I've been shown the book of life And and I've opened this book of life. And in this book of life are all the secrets of the universe. And, uh, and they're all in there, you know, you open it and they're not, and the images and symbols and pictures and languages, uh, all the languages of creation are in there and their interpretation and how they work and geometries and how everything's connected and the details. It's you turn page after page. It's like, wow. This is a book of life. Everything is in here from star systems to alien civilizations to to the beginning and the end of the universe, everything, you know, the quantum reality, how it all works all in the book of life. (laughs) And that book is the quantum field itself. So sometimes, you know, when you're in the dream state and you've opened up your mind and you're relaxed and you're aware, you can really have massive revelations that you can then bring back into your waking life and that's the real secret and that's what the dream arc helps us and that's why the animals are important because animals also i'll I'll pause there and i'll let you kind of respond
3: no i want to hear about the animals (laughs) tell me about the animals go please
2: sure i mean the animals see that if you think about it we we've all evolved up through this chain of evolution if you look at darwin's you know beautiful imagery of how animals are kind formed different branches from insects to birds. And then the, you know, that, that is incredible. And when you think of it, our, our DNA, probably the non-coding DNA, what they used to call junk DNA is the DNA that has, um, it was 90% of who we are. We don't, it's non-coding. We don't, well, what we, we call it non-coding because we don't understand what it's for. <laughs> um, and it's, and it looks chaotic, you know, 90% of us is like of our biology to a scientist or a biologist. Like I have no idea that I, I can't even enter that. Right. It's Cause it's so folded and crimped the DNA in there. There's so much, it's so complex. It's it, it'll t- maybe take something like artificial intelligence to begin to unravel the complexity of that DNA and see the patterns hiding in it. So likely I've always had this hunch um, is that that, That DNA inside us contains the memory of everything we've ever been, (laughs) not just in this life, but all being, all creatures. So in there is the memory of what it's like to be a snail, you know, and the memory of what it's like to be a condor and the memory of all all these different branches or a plant or a flower or a vegetable or a mineral. All of that is in us because we have evolved out of all of that. So all that memory is, it's like a, in your computer, of course it would all be stored. It's not like it's thrown away. And you might think, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it's, it's all in there to, for us to access. The universal field is, in, is encoded in us. And so how do we access that? But it's there. And so the Dream Art helps us through, these, through the, the symbols of creatures, to start to decode some of these memories. So actually if a snail comes to you powerfully, whether it's in your real life or maybe you just go out and you say, because the dream arc does things like, okay, I'm going to go. There are layers of categories of creatures, right? So they're categorized in 12 categories. So there's a category called um, the healers. There's a category called the dreamers, the hunters, right? So let's say I, I say, I'm, I'm going to work with the hunters this month. And, um, and so you, I mean, I'll, I'll use mine. Um, I was working with the hunters, that was last year. And, um, and there's a certain group of hunters in the Dream arc. And then you can go on a process on a journey and say, I'm going to call in my hunter. And then you go out about your life, you forget about it because you've lodged it in your unconscious. And then you wait. And then um, let's say at night you're lying in bed. And you're in, you're just kind of there drifting off to sleep. And then a mosquito comes past you and you're like, and it's like, damn, this thing is like after me. And you realize, oh, oh my, my God, I, think worst
3: it's my- moment. I hate that feeling. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yeah. But actually, oh my God, I think it's my hunter. Like that is a pure hunter, that creature. Think about it. Right. Because so the dream arc, it changes our attitude towards every creature. You're like this thing is hunting me, and it wants my blood. But actually, I have a newfound respect for it because th- I that creature is in my DNA. I'm also a hunter. You know, I'm also you know there's a part of me that knows. So what am I? You know, how can I work with that creature and its specific skills that it has learned? You know, so it's smell for a sense of acute sense of smell. It's, cl- it's cunningness, you know? I mean, you know, how, you know how clever mosquitoes are? Like they know when you know they're there. They know. Insects are incredible like that. They pick it up in the frequency field. They're all vibrational. So when, they, when you do that, they immediately know, oh, he knows I'm there. Right, okay, I'm gonna stalk him. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. And I just wait till he falls asleep. He's pretty sleepy. <laughs> and then I'll go and get him. And they're, cl- and they're clever like that. Or they might just buzz around a bit more and then be like, yeah. So anyway, that's an example of working with the dream mark. You begin to see, because that's an underworld creature, right? There's it's, The dream mark is, is layered in three levels, as many shamanic systems are as well, actually, or lineages or creation myths or... Um, powerful spiritual systems you know you have the unconscious realm um the underworld creatures the underworld the lower realm as it's sometimes called and that's all the insects or the reptiles snakes the fish sharks um amphibians you know um all those creatures that have the more ancient coding and brain you know brains cold-blooded ones you know
3: crocodile
2: um, yeah crocodile that's a, that those. So we call those the fear keys, right? Because they and they operate at a at a deep low frequency. So they relate in our de, in our kind of dream levels. They relate to the slower brainwave cycles. You know, so like um, there's a brain cycle, brainwave cycle called theta, and there's a deeper one called delta. And when we go into delta sleep, we go into dreamless sleep. But theta is just on the edge of delta. So these fear keys live between theta and delta. They live on the threshold of darkness, you know, and that's why they, they represent our fears because our fears kind of come up from the unconscious and then, and then we can kind of net them with the theta consciousness. And if you're working with one of these creatures, these underworld creatures, you're working with a specific fear. So a mosquito, for instance, has a specific fear you know, and a crocodile relates to a specific fear. And the, the code book of the I've written a Gene Keys, a, a DNA, I mean, a, a Dream Arc code book so that you can see, well, I, you know, this fear relates to this. And you can contemplate that. It's not like set in stone, but it's like, it's the same as the Gene Keys. It's not set in stone. These are like touchstones for you to go off on. It's like, so a mosquito relates to the fear of, I don't remember what it was actually, but you can look it up. It's, it's something about being, you know, being trapped, you know? And so you like, how do you kind of, maybe you maybe there's a part of you, if that mosquito's come to you and it wants to work with you, not necessarily, you know, through the silly story I said, but maybe you decide I'm going to work with the mosquito as a, as an archetype for a month. And then you begin to explore what its meaning is. You might realize that there is a part of you that is afraid of being trapped in your life and it's playing out. And you and you begin to see it, and you begin to, oh my goodness, yeah, I'm, that is really running a whole pattern of my life at the moment, and it's kind of undermining some part of me. It might be in your relationships, might be in relationship to money, might be in relationship to your health. Could be, you know. So you so you start to hunt using these creatures where the, what it's actually you intuitively chose it, and it intuitively came to you through the quantum field for a reason. It's up to you through your contemplation to decode what is the reason? What's the message of this creature? And then once you've learned its message, it goes back to the quantum field and you work with another creature. Um, You know, you might take a break. You know, so you might go, I'm going to work with the healers this month. Um, I'm working with the laughers right now because I (laughs) kind of needed a break. Is there a
3: kookaburra in there? (laughs) Please tell me there's a kookaburra in there.
2: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) kookaburras i've got the parrot at the moment and each there's different kinds of laughers you know so anyway they're nuances of inner states um that we get to work with and like i i my question this month is who couldn't use more laughter in their life <laughs> you know it's like and the dream art's all about this and it's like i saying that to people like could you use more laughter in your life this might be a good program for you do you want to understand your deep fear that you've never been able to get to? Because you know, but you you, you know you can do it without a therapist. <laughs> It'll just come to you from working with this program because you'll be able to learn for yourself and find out what it is, um, and then begin to open it up and then transform it. You know, so it's really an empowering set of tools. Anyway, I'm I'm going on and on. I'm not really giving you a chance to ask. The- but
3: on the cusp of, I'm oh, following completely. Thank you so much for sharing. On the cusp of theta and delta is where we've got the the lower regions, and you're going to explain the middle and the top shelf of and the the higher regions. Sorry. Yep.
2: Yes. Thank you. Um, so yeah, the middle realm, which is the mammalian realm, um, that's where the mammals live, and we're mammals, right? So the middle realm is. Um, it's where these, you know, these are these are like I call these the life keys. So all the creatures that represent the mammals are life keys. They're they're, they're gifts inside us, just as in jinkies they're gifts. <clears throat> and so every mammal that you work with has a gift. Like think of a cat, you know. I mean, maybe uh, let's do it, Amrit. You you come up with a mammal. What's the first mammal that comes to your oh, mind? Oh, so
3: silverback gorilla, <laughs> hands down.
2: <laughs> a gorilla, beautiful, beautiful. So in the dream arc if i remember rightly the, the the gorilla has to do with um human intimacy very intimate creatures creatures and so they they are they kind of connect us together in these tight knit groupings of protection for, you know so they're all about that gift of intimacy um protection the tribe you know the family Um, closeness, you know, that's like touch, um, the ferocity that sometimes is needed, you know, when someone oversteps a boundary. Um, But, you know, boundaries, all of that, that's all included in the gorilla story, you know, but, and then each one, we then have to unpick, well, what is, you know, what more is there to that? And, uh, and, and so it's, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful way. And then the other thing of understanding about um, the mammals is they relate to the kind of theta alpha levels. Right? So you have theta and there are, there are sub layers as well. So theta is dreaming. And then the alpha level is just, just you know, if you go into, if you deeply relax and close your eyes and you're breathing deeply and you start to daydream, you're going into alpha Right, so you can, and alpha is where REM sleep happens, and REM sleep is where we remember our dreams. Um, Which is that also to, the quicker. meditation
3: state, or is that theta?
2: Yeah, yeah, it can be. See that it's not like just so neat layers. It's like they sure, interpenetrate. Sure. Sorry for <clears throat> so these are these are brainwave frequencies. So in fact, right now, as we're talking and people are listening to this, these brainwave frequencies are moving between us. So right now there's a Delta frequency available to us, you know, so there's a level where, you know, we are not picking up Delta, we're picking up Delta waves, but we're not aware of them. A fully awakened being would be aware of the Delta waves at all times, because they're in the dreamless that the, you know, they're in the immersion of, the full consciousness field. That's what actually awakening is. It's to be awake in the dreamless realm. <laughs> you know, to be awake in the dreamless realm, that's why it's below our fears. So if we can process the deepest fears, and that's not just our personal fears, but the, the, the collective fears of humanity, that's why in order to go to full awakening, you have to process the deepest collective human fears. The deepest one is the, is the fear of annihilation death that will that that i will die and cease to exist that's the deepest fear inside human beings and creatures all creatures all mammals have that fear all creatures at some level hold that fear and so yeah these these are flying through the air but it depends on like the people who are listening to this right now if you're listening to this you're probably a layer a bit deeper than i am currently because i'm transmitting Right. And and so the listening is a more relaxed layer down. So you receive it through an alpha through, through more alpha waves. So the more relaxed you are, it's like, you know, you know, there's a lot of research now of like for, you know, um, young adults in doing exams and stuff like if you have a little nap just before you go into your exam, or if you drop into the alpha waves, your mind, when you're in that examination, will, will will access a lot more of your memory. So, and even if you're learning something, they've done lots of tests, right? If you're learning something online or you're learning a new language, if you then take a nap after you've learned a whole load of words, if you just go into like a five minute nap or a 10 minute nap, then you wake back up again, the level at which that, that, knowledge has been stored is much more efficient you now so th- these are things we're learning all the time so it's it's fascinating isn't it like so that the mammals live at that level and also mammals if you think about it mammals mammals exist horizontally we exist vertically that's our difference between them we're we're upright so we we're programmed very differently from most mammals which are i mean some mammals are both right so like gorillas exist on both they're sometimes like that and sometimes like that and then they're they're kind of you know but they're not fully upright okay because they're sort of they walk on all fours so a lot of the time they're not fully upright um And so it's interesting, isn't it? Like most mammals are like horizontal. So they're programmed horizontally through the star field as opposed to us who are programmed, you know, vertically through the star field. So we have a very different, uh, you know, set of kind of attributes. doesn't mean we're superior. just means we see more, well, we see different dimensions, let's say, Mm -hmm. you know. So when you go horizontal again, you lie down, to nap or you lie down to sleep or you do your yoga, you know, whatever it is, it takes you into the horizontal. You're going, you're dropping down into that, that uh, older mammalian programming dream realm. That's why I think, it, I think it's why the, the psychotherapists used to get people to lie down, yeah. you know, on <laughs> the couch so that they get people into that dream layer, like Freud and Jung and those, they get people to lie down and talk about their dreams. And when you're lying down, it's easier because you can access that plane. Anyway, so when we start to lie down or you know, we, we drop into those, uh, those more ancient states, the alpha states, and then all that dream material becomes available to us again. So mammals are powerful um, and, you know, those life keys because we can unlock some of, the, the, some of our deep gifts, you know, at, at that level. And then the final level is birds. And all the birds live at the top, you know, at the, uh, visual fre- higher visual frequency. They represent... You know this kind of alpha beta consciousness beta is is awake is is where we, humans awake alpha is just but you know birds really exist at alpha pure alpha um it's not that they exist at that level because again they just symbolize it's inside flight yeah you know flight is the imagination or freedom you know or release when we lie down again and we access the alpha our worries start to drop away and we start to feel freedom again. And it's through that alpha that visions come or sort of clarity through the brain, as we remember. So the birds are really key and the birds have always been key in all the pantheons around the world. Because birds have always been understood as creatures that show prophecy or connected to the future, just as the underworld creatures are connected to the past and then the middle realm are connected to the now. So you have these three layers of the structure of the psyche, and we or a tree. You can say it's a tree, or it's a river. Different different systems look at it in different way. The river of life, the tree of life, with the roots and the branch, and then the you know this trunk and the branches, or the you know the river is the ocean and the spring at the beginning. You know, it's like there is so many metaphors for this threefold. Lay or the Aboriginal people in Australia have their own understanding of these things. As you said, it's, it's called the Dream Time. The Dream Time is the all of it. The Dream Time is not just like when you go asleep. Dream Time is all of it. It's when we're awake. It's when we're daydreaming. It's when we're arguing. It's when we're very hyper alert. And there's hyper. There's, there's levels of alertness beyond beta. You know, gamma is like hyper awake. Hyper awake, like. An a- athlete on the starting blocks before the gun is fired—that is gamma, you know. You're da- absolutely crystal alertness, or, or you know, there are lots of, or, or an, an artist, perhaps, you know, in deep immersion, you know. But then they might also be having theta things going on as well. So, it's 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 incredible when you un- when you understand this infrastructure that we live in but you've got to You need to kind of remember it. You, you know, it's why the dreamer Rosie Aronson and myself, she's my partner with the dream We created this. It took three years of our lives to create this web of teachings that would help people understand all these things and bring people into a communal field together to explore them together. So anyway, <laughs> I'll pause. <laughs> <laughs> There's
3: a lot in there, Richard, even the, um, yeah, as you've been sharing the thank you so much for um discussing the the animals and how they relate to the different um brainwave frequencies as well. I think that's super intriguing, um and fascinating. Some part of me some while ago in what you were sharing was um conscious that, you know, even when you mentioned that like, you know, there are people like the dreams passing from one part of the world to the other. Um you know that sort of youngian. Is that the youngian collective id? Is that sort of what we're what we're tapping into? Because there was some really interesting research before the Holocaust where I can't remember which psychologist it was, but it could foreshadow that actually a, a great collective trauma was on its way because he could see from everybody's dreams they were they were telling the story of a great mishappening, misfortune, mishappening coming, Um and it's really. Really, full on when you start to see that.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, like dreams, we dream of the future all the time, and we dream of the past, the deep past. We dream of the deep future and the deep past because when we move into dreams, we move into timelessness. We, we uh, the, the timelessness, and then there's deep time. My friend Chris, Chris Baish, he calls it deep time. Um, he's written this brilliant book called LSD and the Mind of the Universe, where he's explored a lot of these things and um, deep time is when we bend time to our purposes in the dream layer. So we, so there's enough of us awake in the dream level in the dream layer so that we can twist and bend time. So we can see that we can remember the future and we can remember the past, but we all, many of us have these things anyway, like uh, loads of people have dreamed of tsunamis, for example, it's, it's a common dream. So people dream of a huge wave coming towards them that then engulfs them in some way. It's a, it's, and, and that's an archaic memory that not just humans, but all creatures remember that. <laughs> remember those uh, catastrophic cataclysms, you know, that are from our deep past. Yeah. And then the other thing we dream of is flying. You know, many people dream that they're flying in their body. or or outside the body and that that you can see that at different levels, a dream like that depends on the dream, but also in a way, this is kind of wild, but that's a future memory because there will come a time one day where we break the bonds of, you know, this reality that we think we are in and we're able to bend time and space and so there there will there has already come a time you could even say where we have flown because in a way and and uh, you know there are even stories of that from the past of people levitating and people flying and you know in their physical bodies which of course is a wild thing it's like it immediately drives the scientists to kind of turn the other way and go okay this guy's lost. <laughs> Um, but actually, it's in one of the gene keys, you know, the gene key, you know, 35, you know, 35 is an ancient part of our DNA. Um, you know, used to be the stop codon in our DNA, but it isn't anymore. It's almost like a kind of, uh, the appendix in our body. We don't quite understand what it does. There's this part in our DNA um, that we don't fully understand, but it contains the memory of a future, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the gene key, the city of that gene key is boundlessness. Think about that boundlessness. Boundlessness means anything's possible. Right. And every human being has that key inside us, whether it's in your, it doesn't matter if it's in your profile or any of that, the dream art kind of opens up that world and just says, well, it doesn't profiles, you know, coding of this life is out. It's out the window, you know, cause in the dream realm, you're all of it. You're all of them. You're everyone. So you can, you, can, you can use anything that you want in the matrix. It's not localized to your body or being. That's why the, the, the indigenous people have moved through the dream with such kind of clarity because you're able in the dream state to go anywhere, to be anyone, to see through any eyes that are alive, you know, to, from past, present or future. Think about all this, like this, this is our technology. I mean, we are all kind of obsessed with technology out there and AI and all that. I tell you the real technology is inside us. This brain, this brain, there's nothing that can kind of this brain. And then the brain in our gut, those two brains operating together. You can never program that into a machine. Never. You can't, you can program some of this, but not the gut. You can't program instinct. You can't. You know what I mean? You can never program intuition because intuition is the right brain. It makes quantum leaps. It doesn't deduce this and against this. And then I make a decision based on this, which is statistically da da, da, da. that's left brain. Right brain is like, uh, I'm not going to get on that train because it doesn't feel right. <laughs> like, you know, that, you can't program that right
3: yeah so you you don't think uh, yeah so this is interesting because yeah there's a a massive craze around ai at the moment as you mentioned and it's interesting now to hear you reflect on it it makes a lot of sense but is that your thought process that um yeah left brain logic ai will be able to master (laughs) but right brain
2: will elude it
3: um yeah your thoughts
2: well in that sense yes you can't program that um you know you it's it's not programmable you know you can mimic all you can do is mimic Mm. you know and you can't create that level of you know originality it's all it's it's left brain originality you know so you can so you can you can take a color blue and the color red and throw them together in lots of combinations and then come up with something new that's sort of original you know that's that's interesting uh, you know that but then what about creating a color that's not in there <laughs> you know what about imagining something um you know from the deep past or i don't know it's like What we tend to do, humans, is we tend to project our hopes, fears and dreams on the outside world, right? So AI is just what we're doing. We're projecting, some of us are projecting hopes, some of us are projecting fears, some of us both. You know, we project it out, whereas everything on the outside, this is what the dream time teaches us. Everything on the outside is a mirror of everything on the inside. So we are the intelligence, there's you know the, the, there's these states of consciousness called cities, you know. These the, the ancients have always known about, like miraculous powers. I talked about flight, you know, these are things you can't program a machine to do. <laughs> this is magic. You know, magic is 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 the mystery. The mystery is not to be understood. It cannot be understood. The mystery of consciousness can never be understood by a digital underst- a digital intelligence i mean how can a how can i you know a mystery is a mystery mm-hmm. and so what we want to do is we want to understand everything that's the left brain it's all the left brain it wants to pick it apart and understand it whereas a mis- the right brain is like no 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 it has to stay as a mystery mm-hmm. that's how magic works magic is is a the magic is actually in the machine. That's, the, that's actually the beauty. The magic is actually driving the artificial intelligence, right? But it doesn't mean the artificial intelligence can see what the magic sees. It's just its tool, just as we are its tool. You know, we are the tool of the whole. AI is a tool of a whole. You know, we're just all parts. So the question is, can, can we be aware of that? you know, and can we play with that? So I don't have anything against any of these things, but um, I think it's just important to see clearly and to understand that we are the actual intelligence. So it's very easy to be distracted by the outer. And then we miss the beauties and the fruits of the inner, you know.
3: I can ask a question I asked you earlier in the podcast again, um, which was, Dreamark, why now you answered um previously looking at the current state of affairs and potentially where the world is been at in terms of all the left brain logic that's been driving us um i'd like to sort of see if i can poke and prod a little bit further and see if i can say Dreamark, why now looking into the future potentially based on the conversation we're having now
2: yeah it's a great question i'm re- i think you know we're moving through a time of intense transition, um, where systems are beginning to crumble in various ways. Will probably continue to crumble. This, you know, the 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 kind of the climate problems, challenges, um, are going to take us on a interesting journey. I think in the times ahead and uh, in the generations ahead. And um, possibly to bring us, you know, this is what is based in the Gene Keys teachings, the prophecy is that we'll move through an intense time of transition from one epoch to another epoch. And in the next epoch, um, you know, which is through the transition, the other side of the transition, um, the dream arc, the dream realm will be much, will operate differently. You know, we'll be much more aware of it. We'll, you know, we'll be, a different part of us will come online. A whole new understanding of the quantum field. I don't know what remnants of our science will kind of follow us into the other side. I, 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 don't, I can't see that. Mm-hmm. I assume that some of it, but um, I also feel like you know, <laughs> it's like if you if you talk to great teachers or enlightened lamas from Tibet or something. It's like, they'll all say the same simple things. It's like, until humanity starts to see the gifts inside in the inner world and to harness the kindness and the love that we are as human beings, we, are, we have not graduated from being teenagers. And so sometimes a teenager has to go through a huge storm in order to become an adult. And I think that's what's going to happen for us. We're going to go through a storm of our own making in order that we can be reborn as an adult species or the beginning of our adult life as a species. Um, and that means that we, so, you know, in, in that other world, in that future world, I think things will be simpler. I think we will, I think we will connect our ancestral past of our deep indigenous wisdom with the best of what we've understood through our technology. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that would be the ultimate dream, you know, to bring together those two worlds so that, you know, we can live in complete harmony. But I think we also live in a more magical way. And that's what the Dream is preparing us for. It gives us the skills, it is a technology, of working through the dream layers, of preparing us to realize that we are one, one being. You know, we are cosmic. We, you know, hum, human. Human, right? We're Homo sapiens right now, supposedly. But um, the next level is is Homo universalis or Homo sanctus, as I call it, the sacred human, the universal human, the human that is, you know, realizes that everything is contained within us. And, you know, that's that's the potential of our highest consciousness. And so, I, I you know, I sometimes wish, like, I because I'm born here in this time and I'm like, like, I wish people would see this. Like, I really wish that people would understand that it's all inside us because we get so distracted by the outer. And it's great. It's, there's lots of things to be distracted by and there's no reason you, we shouldn't play and have a lot of fun and learn and grow and help each other. That's great. But the true, you know, fruits of our future are hidden in here. They're in our dream realms. They're inside who we are. They're what we can awaken inside us as, as, you know, this new human. There's a new human waiting to kind of be born, reborn out of the ashes of this old one this old one riddled with its fears and its anxieties and its distrust of nature and all of that, and its frustration and anger and all of that, that all has to be come out in the wash and we have to come back to like a purer form and probably a purer world, you know, a new earth in a way. I think we will inherit a new earth. Um, I think that, you know, the, the earth, when you think about being out of form, a thousand years is nothing. You no, know, it's nothing. It's like it's living in a blink, and we think like, oh, I, you know, hundred of ye- hundred years, you know, thousand years is nothing. <laughs> Ten thousand years is nothing. So in a way, everything is. It's like in our DNA, ev- all the memory of everything is encoded. It's the same in nature. Even if we utterly destroy nature, there's always going to be a cell somewhere that contains the map of the whole, (laughs) And as long as that cell is still alive, then the, you know, that cell can reconstruct the whole, it can reconstruct anything. It may not, it won't reconstruct it in the same way because nature never does that. Like the dinosaurs got wiped out and then came mammals, right? The time of the mammals. And, and so whatever happens in the next extinction event, you know, a new set of species will be born and we'll be looking at new flora, new fauna. We'll be looking at new humans. And, and this might be far ahead. Um, and I'm not just dreaming it. It's, it's encoded in us. I saw it in my big vision in my late twenties and others have seen it too. Others sense it. The great, the great fear right now is the whirlwind itself because we have to go through the whirlwind to get to the other side. And we're looking at the whirlwind right now. We're going, Oh my God, this is terrifying. (laughs) And it is, (laughs) it should be. And and we're all going, what can we do? What can we do? And some people are going, it's too late. It's too late. And others are going, no, we can still say we can still save it. The fact is there's a whirlwind coming (laughs) and we can't stop it. Whatever, whatever we do, whatever we don't do, We're still going to go through it in some way because we have to, because we have, because that's what happens in evolutionary history is that nature gives birth to another form and she has the incredible wisdom to create a higher form each time, you know, a more, that's what she does. She is wiser than we could ever imagine. And this is what the indigenous people know. They They don't, they're not anxious. I mean, they, they, they might be like, oh, you guys need to stop this, but they're not anxious. They don't hold anxiety because nature knows what she's doing. And we're a part of nature too. And um, so there's a deep level of trust in working with the dream arc that we come into. It's like you learn to trust the mosquito. You learn to see its beauties. You learn to trust the shark and see its beauty. You learn that fear is not something negative, is something that's actually safe. It's something that has protected us and they're all inside us, these fears, and they're safe to move through. And so these are journeys that we go on inside ourselves that enhance our lives. Um, I guess the fun part, you know, is for me really is working with a big group of global people who um, share the same love of magic and the mystery and you know, who couldn't use more magic? Who couldn't <laughs> use more laughter? I mean, I really, put that, out, I really <laughs> put that out <laughs> to the guys, to the men out in the world. You know, um, as a man, I'm like, really? Could you not use a bit more play and laughter in your family life or in your, you know, it's like, it, wouldn't that be a good thing? Like, I think that, and, and so the dream work is like, it has more appeal to women, but it has more use to men. <laughs> Mm. It's more needed than ever. It's it's needed by all of us, but especially to men, because we we are so logically inclined. We're all like success, you know. Not all of us, but like we're on that kind of that strategic oh, wow. path. I totally so,
3: get what you're saying. Yeah,
2: yeah. Balancing that strategic path with the magical, with the quantum leap, with the left with the right brain creates a whole human being. So it's going to create more adventure, more laughter, more perspective, more prosperity ultimately. So, yeah, good for everyone. I like to joke <laughs> that
3: I'm still working on my sixth sense as a bloke and uh, my wife's working on her seventh sense <laughs> <laughs> and the work of intuition. So. Yeah. Richard, I'm inspired to evolve and for those that are inspired to evolve and feel into and dive deep all the way into the dream arc i will put a link for the retreat online retreat coming up very shortly um in the show notes below for those that are tuning in but some people will be tuning in post um the retreat having been run it will still be available online can you give us some context on the best way to access the dream arc Upcomingly and yeah. also long term, please.
2: Totally. I mean, like, if you want a taster of it, because you know, we created this little free taster called the Jaguar's Journey, and it's a short little free taster that you can do over a few days, and you get a little kind of journey with the Dreamark creatures. You get to choose one each day, and then you get to work with it, and you get a little a taster of some of the delights of what it what it's about. So, I recommend that. But there's also, you know, when you come to the Dreamark section of the website. Um, it's all in there. The resources, even you know whether you're whether you are in time for this retreat or whether you, the retreat's long gone and you just want to work in the program, just come and work in the program, and you become part of the DreamArc community. And there are calls and there's there's connections and meetings and groups, and there's a lot going on in the DreamArc. It has its own wild kind of journey um, and community. And so you, I think you'll meet some amazing people as well. And, you know, one of the things that also happens from people who work deeply with the Dream arc like I've been, is there's a deep question that you get asked inside yourself. And it's, how can I be of the best service to Gaia? You know, to Gaia at this time. And um, often what it does is it kind of brings out a passion. It's not like activism in the sense of protest, although we might that might be a part of our path. Um, it's more like empathic activism, like, what is the most I can do um, to help Gaia? And so it, it generates a new passion. Um, in, and, and so our community has that passion, and, and there's a lot of creative projects emerging from the field of people working with the dream arc. And that's, that is exactly what it's for. Um, To inspire people to get involved more deeply might be in a local action, might be in just becoming a gardener. It might be in, I don't know, putting solar panels on making that commitment on your, on your house, or, you know, it, it, it's somewhere it's looking at aspects of your life and how you can be more in harmony and you can do more. So, it could be a very small thing or it could be a big thing, you know, um, uh, lots of little things. Uh, It might be as simple as your newfound love of insects that you will get (laughs) from working with the Dream Arc, for example, will be like, ah, you know, it just could change the whole of your reality. Or maybe your fear of snakes suddenly becomes a curiosity. Fascinating of snakes. And and because, you, because you've learned that that's just your fear. And actually, if you learn that that, if you really, really, when you start to attune to nature, you realize animals and creatures are hugely sensitive. They live in the dream realm, right? It's like I said earlier, like a snake knows when you're afraid and it makes it afraid. You know, it's, that's what it does. It's like, shit, this person's dangerous because they're afraid. And, if you're, and so if you overcome those fears, and, and it, which can be done in lots of different ways, that's your journey in a way, um, then you're suddenly safe. You know, there's a wonderful story. I, I'll finish with this little story because the dream is all about stories. Like one of my early teachers, and I never met him because he died just before I kind of got into this stuff, um, Bawa, B-A-W-A, Bawa. He's got a long second name. He was, he was a Sufi. And this guy came out of the jungles enlightened in Sri Lanka, right? And this was in the like 50s and, and 1950s or 60s or something. And he was just this guy that just walked out of the jungle. No one, he, no one knew who he was. And he just came out of the jungles and he was fully awakened being and filled with light and started teaching about spirituality, you know, through the lens, a little Sufi kind of flavor. Uh, but he'd lived in the jungles a long time just living off the land. And he tells all these stories about his time in the jungle, and he would take people into the jungle as well. And and he was living kind of naked most of the time. And my favorite story, because it's about crocodiles, was where he'd he'd say he would go into the forest pools, and there would be like 50, 60 crocodiles in the pool, in the forest pool. And he would wade in and do his chants, like in the water like doing his sacred chant saying his blessings and bringing down the light and he said and he says all the crocodiles started to pray with me they kind of formed this arch shape and they didn't move they became totally entranced and every morning i would go and every morning the crocodiles would come and they would do this prayer with me and 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 he said that uh, you know he realized from living in the jungle that all creatures have a share of consciousness with us. And if you bring in the blessings, they know (laughs) and they respond because they're like, Oh, wow, a great one. This is someone, you know, who we show respect to. Whereas if he'd gone in there with fear, can you imagine? Um, Anyway, I love those stories. And (laughs) he had many of those stories of, of, you know, all the creatures kind of bowing and coming with him and, you know, because he held such light anyway, food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> so much
3: food for thought. Oh, and so much invitation to get some really good rest and also digest and yeah, just come home to our inner world as always, Rich, and your invitations are always very, very potent. And I just, yeah, I always find myself at a loss with you to actually thank you for our conversation because our conversation is built upon all <laughs> the amount of work that you put in to again, like as if the gene keys wasn't enough.
2: <laughs>
3: you know, <I> know. <laughs> now, now the dream arc <laughs> One day. but I, I, I have to, I have to. I have to find my manners, otherwise my mum would be disappointed. So <laughs> thank you so much for having this conversation with us. We're putting the dream arc together. We're putting the gene keys together and dollaring them into the world, founding them. I think founding is the word we settled with earlier. I just, yeah, thank you so much for today's conversation. And, again, just inspiring our journeys ever onwards and upwards. I'm just beyond grateful. Thank you so much.
2: Mm. Thank you, Amri. I'm, re- I'm sorry I haven't really given you much of a, a word today. It's like, oh. You can tell <laughs> I'm very impassioned about the Dream Arc. I can't stop.
3: <laughs> I'm, it's, uh, I thrive off passion and enthusiasm, Richard. So this has been nothing but welcome. So
2: <laughs> thank you so much. I've, I've absolutely loved it. I've absolutely loved it's it. a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And and also, by the way, we you know everything Jinkies, we have um, – you know, we have a, a um, if you can't afford the course of the, you know, we, we keep our prices really available. But if you can't afford, we have a scholarship program. You can sign up for that. It's, it's, the, it's in the FAQs and how you can get. I just wanted people to know that, that like I don't want people to feel like they can't get to it. Um, but I, we've, we've tried to keep them very affordable considering how much is in the mark. It's an extraordinary program.
3: I'll put a link to everything in the
2: show notes below, guys. Yeah. Check
3: it out. Thanks, I'm right. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so please subscribe to the inspired evolution on youtube the home of the inspired evolutions video podcast we release inspiring conversations such as this every week along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve honestly your subscription on youtube to the channel helps us out a great deal